0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted O'Dorico and joining me is LPGA professional Cindy Miller. And we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the BlogTalkRadio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teaching professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning once again. uh, Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odarico, and right alongside each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy.
2: Good morning, Ted. How are we?
1: I am doing fantastic. We've got a great show to start things off. We're going to be joined by uh, the winner of the uh, Symmetra Tours IOA Championship, uh, Fatima fernandez Cano. She's going to be joining us here in just a second. And then a little bit later on in the show, hopefully if everything goes well, uh, we'll be joined by LP for, LPJ uh, uh, Touring Professional Legends Tour player, uh, Danielle Amakapani. He's going to be joining us on the second half of the show. So we're really, really excited to have... Uh, These two great ladies joining us on the program. But a quick reminder, the Women of Golf is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Uh, iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing top quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, offering insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top PGA and LPGA teach professionals, all designed to help improve your game from tee to green. So subscribe today at GolfTipsMag.com. All right, as I mentioned, Cindy, uh, we've got a great uh, show, and the winner from the Iowa Championship is joining us, uh, Fatima fernandez Cano. And let me just tell everybody just a little bit about her. She was uh, born October 23, 1995, and is a native of Spain. And uh, she is a four-time all-Sun Belt first-team selection for Troy University. Uh, She's also an eight-time medalist, including the 2014 Sun Belt Conference Championship, uh, named the 2014 Sun Belt Conference Freshman of the Year for the Trojans, and uh, Sunbelt Wilman's Conference Golfer of the Year and set the Troy single-season scoring average of 72.79 back in 2016. And up until just a couple of weeks ago, uh, her best finish uh, on the uh, Symmetra Tour was a uh, third at the 2018 Prasco Charity Championship. So, uh, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest to start things off, the winner of the IOA Championship. Fatima Fernandez Cano. Good
0: morning. Good morning. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Wow. Con, congr- yeah, congrats. Yeah. We're congratulations Fatima and and welcome to the show and and um, we're glad that you were able to make it uh, this week. So um, congratulations on your win first and foremost. And tell us a little bit about how you were feeling uh, when you walked off the 18th uh, green.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Um, Well, like I was telling you before, I've been very close uh, a few times. So when I actually walked on the green, I had a thing. I think I had like a 30-footer for birdie. I looked at the leaderboard, and I knew I had a couple shots uh, crushing there, and I kind of looked at it, and I just, I took a minute. I just took it all in and and I realized that it was, it was very much uh, close to, to, to getting it done. And I just, I smiled and I realized that all the, all the hard work over the years and especially this, this last break uh, during COVID and everything, I just took it all in and realized that all the work was paying off and could not be any happier for sure.
1: Yeah, I can imagine it was, uh, it was pretty exciting. And let me just ask another question that I'm going to, Uh, throw it over to to Cindy. Um, Given that we've been in this sort of shutdown for for several months and that, and obviously the tour was closed down uh, pretty much since March uh, and just has sort of resurfaced here in the last uh, uh, several weeks. um, What did you do during the shutdown? Were you you able to work on your game a little bit? And um, was it difficult getting back out and playing with such a long shutdown?
0: Yeah, I was very, very lucky. So at the beginning, I thought about going back to Spain, actually. And uh, when we was kind of making my decision about going, the, the borders closed, so I actually stayed. And like I said, I live in, in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, our golf course never quite shut down completely. So I was able to go out there and still practice and still uh, do my thing and still play, and I was very thankful for that. It was just very hard to get motivated, for sure, um, just because we, ne- we didn't know when – everything was going was gonna to come back and all that stuff. So, I mean, in a way, it was very hard to get motivated, but I was able to continue to practice, to continue to work out and all that stuff and work on my game. And I was actually very excited to come back for the first event uh, of the season after, after COVID and was over in Michigan. And uh, right when I'm getting ready to pack and everything, I actually tested positive for COVID, so I couldn't go. Mm. So all my, wow. all my excitement... Um, was a little was killed a little bit. And I was actually scared because I had to quarantine for 10 days after that, and I wasn't sure whether my game was going to be in shape or not for the next uh, couple of weeks, I guess. But I was able to, again, practice, work hard, and play some golf and compete some over at my, my home course, and that helped me a bunch, of course.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's difficult. Well, we're glad you, you pulled through uh, COVID, and uh, obviously youth has its advantages when it comes to that, so um, – and we're glad that you went on to, uh, to win a couple of weeks ago. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
2: Let me ask you a question. What do you do and how do you keep your sanity when you're not sure what's going to happen? Um, you know, mm-hmm. you can hit one shot good and the next hole hit a terrible shot and you don't know what's going to happen and if are you going to be exempt. And like you said, I tested positive. And so how do you keep your sanity?
0: Well, I feel like um honestly in this this especially this year I've always been kind of like a happy optimistic person but especially during this year it kind of made me realize how uh, how much I love golf, how much I love being out here and in a way every, every time I don't know what's going to happen and there's so much uncertainty out there I just kind of look back, take a bigger perspective, kind of like take a bigger mind into things and I think about the whole perspective, I put things in perspective basically and I, um, I'm i thinking well maybe you know, 10 years from now, what am I going to care about this show? What am I going to care about one COVID positive test if I mean, I'm healthy, that's all that matters. So in a way I put things in perspective and I'm just grateful for, for what I have, for what I do. In this case was when I tested positive, I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't struggle with it so that was the positive from it. I couldn't play, oh well, it doesn't matter. Uh, when we had some tournament cancel, canceled on us and we didn't quite get to compete for the, for the LPA players in yeah, i just playing perspective, and I'm always just one year. I mean, even though it still is in a way, like a wasted year, it's just one year of my life. I mean, just kind of enjoy it, take it in, and, and make sure you get better, and that's that's what I did.
2: That's awesome, because that's the only thing you can do. So, good job.
0: What's the best part of your game? <laughs> the best part of my game is my, my iron game. Uh, well, I'd say all the tee, I hit it pretty far, so I kind of advantage that I have. And then also my, my iron game is good. I hit a, a lot of greens and Uh So I set myself up a lot of times for birdie opportunities. Um, unfortunately, my potting is not the best, uh, but I've been working on it. So thankfully, I've been able to work on that and, and, and make some more birdies. But I'd say my iron game. I just hit a lot of greens and regulation.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Mm. Ted?
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's important. You got to at least give yourself a chance and obviously you want to tighten up your putting a little bit uh, to take advantage of some of those opportunities. But yeah, it's nice to, to have the distance and have the accuracy with your, uh, with your irons and uh, again, be able to put yourself in position. So let me mm-hmm. a- ask you, uh, you know, a question that we ask a lot of, uh, you know, first time uh, winners and that when, when you're playing throughout the season, and let's forget this season for a moment, let's go back to the last couple of seasons, and things are just not coming together, how do you keep yourself motivated throughout the season? It can be very, very difficult. You're, you know, you're out there challenging against some of the best young players uh, coming up through the ranks, and uh, you said you, you got close quite a few times, but it just didn't seem to happen. Um, was there a moment when you kind of just, yeah, I don't know if I can, I can keep doing this?
0: Yeah, that is a really good question because I actually had that kind of um, thing happen to me last year. I started the year feeling really good about my game, but I think I missed like five cuts in a row or something like that. And even though my game was feeling good in practice rounds and like I felt like I was getting there, I was just missing cuts. I was not scoring very well. And at one point I kind of told myself, you know, like, don't feel sorry for yourself. Keep working hard. Uh, You're doing the right things. Your game is moving in the right direction. Just make sure you have the right mentality for it. Uh, just basically, to me, was just believe in myself, believe that I could do it. And that's when I started playing a little better, uh, shooting some better rounds, making a bunch of cuts in a row. And then uh, I actually got into the last group on Sunday a couple of times. And I was very close a couple of times, and I couldn't quite get it done. But I also think that that experience really me a couple weeks ago to get my first win, just because I know, I know how it felt. I knew that for me, mm-hmm. I mean, when you feel the pressure, when I get nervous, what I do is I, I, I get a little accelerated, and I think that's, that happens to everybody. So I knew what to do. I knew to make sure to breathe, to do my breathing exercises, to make sure to calm myself and to get myself in the right mind. And in a way, make sure that I play. You know, I give it all. I give my all, and nobody's going to take away from me from me, the fact that I shot seven on the second round. I was in the last group. And I just, like, enjoy the moment. Make sure I do that. And I believe in myself. I had the game. I just go for it. But, yes, yeah, so I just... To keep motivated, I guess, is just believe in myself. And I'm very lucky. I have a, little, a lot of a lot of people around me that kind of push me, continue to believe in myself, and continue to tell me that, you know, I have it, just be patient type of thing. And um, that helped me last year are a bad time. And then this year, when I was in a position to really get it done, I was able to do some from previous experiences.
1: Very good. Um, so let me ask you um, uh, another question about golf in general. Um, what was it about golf um, that attracted you to the game? I mean, there's so many other sports out there that you could be involved in, and maybe you are involved in some ways uh, growing up, especially growing up through uh, college and so forth. But what was it about golf that appealed to you that you said, this is something I want to pursue?
0: Yeah, I, I, I love sports in general. I love being you know, uh, playing any sports, competing. I, that's something I, I really, I've always loved growing up. But I feel like golf is something that I could do even by myself. I didn't, I didn't depend on anybody else um, to, to play it, and, and I could always get better. It doesn't matter how, how well you play one day. It can always be, be better. And I feel really the challenge is will always get me going. So that's, that's part of it. And also the fact that, to me, the golf course is just it's my place where, where I go. And, and if, if I have any kind of problem uh, somewhere away from golf, I used to just go to the golf course, and that was me, myself, and I on my golf course, and and it just mm-hmm. felt so peaceful um, at times. that I think that's what kept me involved in it, and then uh, when I went to college, I had a lot of time to practice, to compete, and I realized how much I love the competition, how much I love being out here, how much I love just being out on the golf course, that I told myself, I said, I don't think I can be away from this sport ever, whether it is playing it, coaching it, or whatever it is. I just fell in love with it in a way, and uh, I'm just Considering consider myself very lucky that I get to, that I get to play it, of course. Um, but I think it's just that, that peacefulness, in a way, that, that it brings me, even though it can be so frustrating at times. Um, it just brings me a little bit of – it's just peaceful to me to be out here on the golf course, and it's just uh, very competitive, and it can always get better, so you can always improve.
1: That's a great answer. Um, yeah, it is. I, I think a lot of people – you know, um, some people enjoy uh, a more <clears throat> of a team sport – which, is, which can be fun in its own right, but some people like the sort of the solitude, if you will, like you said, the peacefulness out in the golf course that, that golf brings you. So um, I, I really like that, uh, that answer. Um, mm-hmm. If you weren't playing golf, uh, if, if golf was not in your future, what would, you, what would be your next um, option? And I hate to say that because I don't want to jinx you or anything, but if, if golf <laughs> was not something that you got in, if, yeah, if, if golf... Yeah, exactly. If golf uh, wasn't something that you were pursuing, uh, is there something else that you would like to be doing?
0: You know, I always say if I wanted to be playing it, I think I would still be in the in the sport somehow. I love like, the golf swing and all that stuff, so I would love coaching it and, and all that stuff. I still, I think I would still be involved in it uh, until I get tired of it. But if it was if golf was not a sport at all and I never got into it. Um, I'm not sure. I just love sports. So I feel like in some way, I would still be involved in the sports. And if not, I would totally use my degree. I went to school and I got my degree in business and marketing. And at some point in my life, I would love to do some a master's degree in marketing research. So I, I guess that, that would be kind of like my career if golf was not a sport or if the sports were not an option for sure.
1: Hmm, very interesting. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Oh, Cindy, I think your mic's uh, muted.
2: How I'm sorry. How did you tr- choose Troy University?
0: Um, in a way it chose me. So, like, a little bit of a backstory. When I was about 14, 15 years old, um, my home course back home it closed down, and so all I had, to, all I had to practice was just driving range. So I couldn't really play any many many events. So I was never like a top player back home in Spain growing up. And so I kind of went. I, I knew about. Uh, scholarships here in the states to play to play um to play sports and that's what i wanted to do i wanted to live a different experience kind of thing and i needed a scholarship to be able to come out and and afford it basically so i um i went through an agency that what they do is get people in touch from a different country that wants to come into the states and 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 play college sports and stuff like that and uh, somehow they found Troy uh super random they just saw my video and my very poor resume, and they said, sure, can, come on over, we have a scholarship for you, and uh they didn't even go on a visit or anything like that, and I said, sure, let's do it, why not? And I showed up August 2013, not knowing that uh, that experience will totally change my life. Wow.
2: Hmm. So can you tell me, I've got a couple of kids that I teach right now that are kind of in the same boat. What mm-hmm. uh, What did your resume look like? What were you shooting before you came to Troy?
0: Um, I honestly think my first round under in a tournament was when I was 16, 17. Um, I got i was not a bad player. I just did not have the opportunity to play many tournaments just because, um, you know, I did not have a golf course and it's just a little expensive to travel and play certain tournaments. So all I played was my regional tournament sometimes, which was maybe I guess six a year or something like that, and maybe nationals once a year. Um, and that was about it. So, I mean, It was not bad. I mean, I had a few, like, good rounds, good results, but it was not great by any means. Um, So that's why I went in a way to a smaller school, but to me, that was a great opportunity because coming from a different country was a little hard to adapt, of course, and going to a smaller school, it was really, really good for me because I had a very, very good education. Uh, Like, my professors know my name, which is something that I love about Troy, that everybody was very caring, and all that stuff, and then I was able to come here and work hard and improve my game and uh, get to the level that I'm at right now.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> what would you tell someone who's a sophomore, junior, senior in high school? Because your story is kind of like mine. I was a walk-on at Miami, and I never visited the school, mm-hmm. and I just sat on my bed and cried. And then I got up and <laughs> hit balls, and then I graduated the number one player on the team. And wow. then I played on the LPGA Tour. So, again, what? so many kids think that they need to be superstars. What would you tell that underdog that might be a diamond in the rough if they were having trouble oh. believing in themselves? just
0: work hard. Your time will come. It doesn't have, you don't have to peak when you're 16, 15 years old. Not at all. I mean, I literally, I enjoy my time in high school. I I work hard, but even though I didn't have a lot of opportunities, just like enjoy your time. And uh, once I got to college, I just worked very hard. And if you work hard, if you have a dream, just go after it because it will come true. And um, it doesn't matter how how little you have, how, how maybe you, you have not peaked yet, and, and that is okay. Just, Give it, give it your best. And uh, if you have a dream, again, believe in it and get after it. Awesome. Thank you. Ted? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Fatima, let me ask you, um, you know, one of the things I think that a lot of amateurs struggle with, and you kind of hinted to this a little bit uh, you know, earlier on in our discussion, and Earlier on in your your professional career, you were playing really good in the practice rounds, but then things weren't quite as good uh, once you got out on the golf course uh, during the tournament. So um, you didn't quite get it done. So it it, kind of tells me something similar that amateurs have when they're out on the practice tee and they're working and they're hitting some great shots and then all of a sudden they get to the first tee, and it's like, where did that person go? They're, they're all over the place. The ball's going left, it's going right, it's you know, going short, that sort of thing. What would you say to help somebody that's really struggling that can hit a pretty decent ball but can't seem to bring it to the golf course? In other words, they can't take their range game out on the golf course. What advice would you give them?
0: Yeah, that, that happens so often. Um, I, I'd say two things. One of them is focused practice. It doesn't do you any good to go over to the practice range, not aim anywhere and just hit 300 balls. Like, that's not going to do you any good, unless you're working on a certain move on your swing and you really want to, you know, work harder or whatever. But if you're working towards a tournament, it's, that's not going to help you. You need to make sure that when you're practicing, you're doing focused practice, and you're doing practice under pressure a little bit. So that's why I do certain drills when I am on the, on the driving range. And, yes, if I'm, I'm working on my swing, I will do a lot of reps. But if not, I'll just do – I'll try and imagine certain shots in the driving range and pick a target and see see the ball fly to the target and see how I want to get it there, basically. Or when I'm putting, I make sure that I do some pressure drills. Like I can't, I have to make a certain amount of putts in a row, and when I get to the last few, I feel the pressure. And that's kind of similar to the pressure you will feel on the golf course. So that's, that's one thing. And then another thing is um, to, for me – was. I was getting very, very fast on the golf course. So, like, my swing in the driving range had nothing to do with my swing on the golf course. So, to me, what I think when I'm on the golf course and I feel the pressure and I feel the nerves a little bit is just be patient. I even sometimes just take an extra breath or two, just take an extra, a little bit more time at, at times if I'm really, really feeling the pressure. But it's just basically... Take your time. Be patient. Be patient in your golf swing. Not in your routine, but yet when you get to the golf swing, kind of to me, it's like, let the back swing finish before you start to follow through. That's my thought just because it helps me calm down a little bit.
1: That's some great advice, Fatima, because you're exactly right. A lot of um, you know, a lot of our amateur players that, that we work with as teaching professionals um, have those same issues and it's amazing. You're right. They get out there in the driving range and they're just sort of pulling ball after ball and hitting balls without really any thought or any focus as you suggest. And mm-hmm. they don't do anything to put pressure on themselves. Like you, you know, as some of the examples you gave. Um, and then also the other thing is getting out in the golf course is being able to sort of quiet your mind a little bit. Sometimes they get in there and they've mm-hmm. got so many swing thoughts and so many things going on in their head that by the time they stand over the ball, they don't really know what to do anymore because they've got 20 different ideas popping in their head. And uh, again, that's mm-hmm. where you need to be focused and and pay attention. I think obviously that's one of the reasons um, somebody like yourself is able to play out on tours. You've, you've learned to manage that. So let me talk mm-hmm. just a little bit about off of the golf course. Um, what do you like to do for fun besides golf?
0: I love, I love being outside. So every, every, everything that I do, every activity, I feel like it's, is outside. I love hiking. Um just if I have a day off I'll I'll do like a like a few miles hiking and just kind of usually by myself, just do my own thing, hike, be so like that piece that I that I was talking about before. Um that's what I love to do. And I actually recently during COVID I felt like I needed a new a new hobby of course just because I, I had so much time on my hands that um I got into crowboarding. And I absolutely love that now. Uh, so I guess my, my hobbies would be any sport really that I can get into, I can get my hands into, I'll, I'll do it. But especially, specifically, I'd say hiking. Hmm.
1: And I know there's some good trails in Birmingham because I've been to a few of them mm-hmm. um, around there. So there's lots of opportunities to do that. It's very safe, of course, in Birmingham, Alabama. So uh, you get a good mm-hmm. workout at the same time. What's, what's one of the hardest parts? Um, obviously besides the play uh, out on tour what's hard about on tour or what some of the challenges besides uh, playing is it the travel is it uh, um, you know having I mean obviously this year is a little bit different but based on previous years use those as examples if you need be but um, is it the back to back to back events sometimes you know when you I think last year you had seven or eight events in a row and um, is that difficult to, to maintain focus and to to keep your energy levels up?
0: It is, for sure. Um, I think the the traveling is, uh, is a very important just because uh, we're in the semester tone. We're trying to make it to the LPGA. We're not making that much money. So most of the times, uh, me personally, I'm, I'm driving to most of the events, and that's about like a, usually, you know, more often than not, it's about a 10-hour drive from one place to the next, and that, that takes mm-hmm. a toll on your body. So I feel like for me, he was able, he was being able to manage um, that. And like you said, we had some, I think it was seven in a row last year, and basically talked myself into missing one of them, like basically skipping a week because I need to rest. And I didn't do that my first year. And then my second year, I realized that that was huge for me that I can't go seven in a row. Personally, I can't because mentally, I get exhausted. So I need a week off, I need to go home do my thing, practice a little bit, and, and get my mind off of the tournament that was thing. Um, especially if, if, I guess, you're having a few rough weeks, it can, ge- it can get very, very tough to continue to play, you know, six, seven in a row. So, to me, the most I play in a row, I think, is four now, just because um, four is the tops that I think my mind can be 100% into what I'm doing. Um, but I, I would say, yes, traveling um, is the toughest part because you can get a little, a little hard on your body. And, and, I mean, most of the times we travel – ourselves, no caddy or, like, no or anything like that. So that could get very hard. But I'm also very lucky. Mm-hmm. I got to meet wonderful people out here on tour, and we all try and help each other when it comes to that. And I think that's something that we all do out here in the Symmetra, that we we have some very close friends, and that really helps me mm-hmm. when it comes to that for sure.
1: Yeah. And and what do you do to sort of – do you have a, a sort of a workout routine that you squeeze in uh, while you're out on tour and – and do you find that you're able to to keep a pretty good diet as well? Because I'm sure it's probably difficult sometimes uh, to always eat healthy. Um, are you are you pretty pretty good that way that you keep yourself physically fit and and active um, with some sort of a workout? And then what about uh, your eating habits? Do you find yourself eating a lot of fast food, or, or what do you do? <laughs>
0: yes, when it comes to working out, I actually got into it a little. A little more this year, and I think that that's helped me, uh, of course. And I I do have a routine. Usually, when I'm home, I'm working out about four times a week. When I'm on the road, I try to do at least three three days a week. Uh, of course, it's very hard this year because it depends on the state we're going. The gyms are open, the gyms are closed. Right. So It really depends on the week. So this year's a little different, but yes, usually if I'm on the road, I'm gonna try and do at least three days um, of of working out, a little bit of lifting, a little bit of mobility and stuff like that, and that's really helped me stay in shape this year. And when it comes to eating, um I love eating healthy and it's very easy to do that back home. But when I start getting on the road and that gets a little tougher of course. But um I try my right. best but of course with us traveling being in hotels and all that stuff, sometimes it's not the it's not the easiest. But um I think it's extremely important to just feel your body the way you wanna perform in a way. And um I'm getting into mm-hmm. it this year and I think it's helped me so far.
1: Very good. Um, Cindy, any final thoughts or questions that you have for Fatima?
2: No, I just wish you the best of luck. You've got a very strong mind, and I love your attitude, and I just wish the best for you. So good luck the rest of this year and and, and onward.
0: Hopefully we speak to you again soon after your next win. Thank you very much. I hope I, I, hope I get to speak with you guys again very soon.
1: That sounds good. Good luck uh, in the next tournament, and uh, thank you very much for stopping by the women of golf. All right, that was our very special guest this morning, Fatima fernandez Cano. She was the winner of the Symmetra Tours IOA Championship uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and I think they actually had a week off last week, um, and then they're back at it this week. I'm not sure 100% the name of the tournament this week, but... um, so we'll have another winner uh following uh on next Tuesday show. Um very interesting, very um very focused young lady, don't you agree, Cindy?
2: Absolutely, absolutely, very level headed. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, yeah, and yeah. gave some great yeah yeah, gave <laughs> gave some great advice uh for some of those young girls that uh you know have maybe aspirations of, of one day making it out there on tour and uh you know it it's uh, the thing that really stuck out to me, and i i 'm sure you probably picked up on it as well is is she talked about something that you don 't hear a lot about anymore, unfortunately, and that is hard work. Um, she was very emphatic uh, she mentioned it a number of times throughout her conversation you know that you 've just got to work hard and you 've got to you know be focused on what you 're doing, and you know if you want something bad enough you 've got to be willing to put in the time and I think that 's really where a lot of you know, amateurs fall short. Even if you don't, you know, uh, ever play it on a tour or play, you know, uh, competitive golf, if you want to improve, then you've, you've got to fo- focus your practice, get out there on the, on the practice tee and, and not just rake and hit balls, but, uh, you know, focus your, your efforts on the practice tee. And then also get out there and, and work hard. Um, if you want to improve and, and, and drop some strokes, then you've got to get out there and work hard. And if you don't, then you're never going to improve and then you're just going to you know you're you're just going to uh you know become disgruntled and and not enjoy the game uh, agree with that absolutely
2: absolutely and again i think the other point is the patience that she had mm-hmm. not knowing you know she it, it, you have all this time off then you're ready to go play then you test positive then you have to go quarantine so it's like delay 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 and delay does not mean denial so no. Don't give up is the other yeah
1: and and process. yeah, and some and something else that jumped out at me too is just you know towards the the end where uh, you know she mentioned about not being able to string together seven tournaments in a row that she she knows her limitations, and that's that's important as well, knowing what you can handle uh comfortably without overdoing it, because that's something as well because especially as she mentioned you know a lot of these young ladies coming out. You know, they're not making a lot of money on the cement tour, so they're traveling a lot. Um, So there's obviously, there's an incentive for them to to want to play as many events as possible, which in some ways is a good thing. But in, in her case, she said, you know what, I can't do those seven tournaments in a row like that anymore. And yet she's, you know, very young. It's not, you know, that she's older or anything like that. It's just mentally and physically, she just cannot do it without experiencing um, some issues. So she recognized right. that and said, okay, you know what? I'm going to adjust my schedule. Um, and, and I think that's very smart. Uh, what do you think of that?
2: Well, you have to have boundaries and personal boundaries, and you have to figure out that, you know, if you're running on fumes, you're not going to play your best. So you're better off taking a week off. And and mm-hmm. here's the other thing that I noticed that she said was that um, – you don't need to peak when you're 16. So many of these young women that have been on this show realize that this is for Mm -hmm. the long haul and, and you're going to be playing this game for a really long time. And what a great mindset to understand that it doesn't have to be perfect right this minute that you're doing something mm. for the long term to get better and stay better for a really long time. So I just think that that's very, very important. The per- perspective of, I'm, I don't have to do this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? Like, take a chill pill. Right. The other thing is that I was on <laughs> a call yesterday. I was on a call, executive committee call yesterday, and Mike Wan joined us. And Mm -hmm. he spoke about, you know, all the decisions that they've made and how they've handled COVID and all these other things. And listening to his perspective on why they allowed everyone to keep their status, because if you're living in Switzerland and you're afraid to come to the United States to play for fear that you might, you know, get COVID and you don't Mm want to play, you don't need to play and you're going to keep your status for next year, no matter what you do this year. And that's a right. big deal. Sure. That's a huge, big deal,
1: Yeah. right? So. Yeah, it, it takes away – yeah, exactly. It takes away a lot of the anxiety for uh, – sorry, go ahead finish your thought.
2: Well, it just takes away the worry, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to go, oh, my yep. God, oh, my God, what am I doing, you know, blah, 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 blah. So – again, that perspective of this is long term, I don't need to panic, I need to keep working on what I'm doing, you know, which I just, I admire the, these young people for this because it's hard.
1: Well, and, and, you know, as we've alluded to before, you know, this is a long stretch. I mean, they, they, they started the the tour up in you know, uh, about the middle of February, if I remember correctly, was I think their first or late February was their first event, and and then all of a sudden, you know, everything sort of shut down. So there's a long stretch, um, and as we've mentioned here lately, you know, golf has been very fortunate because we haven't really been as hard impacted as many other businesses and many other uh, even sports as as we've seen lately. So a lot of the folks that play on tour have been able to get out there uh, in in some fashion and continue to work on their game uh, they're not maybe playing as competitive uh, obviously not playing in tour events but they're still able to get out there and and do the you know their sort of their somewhat daily routine for the most part so they're able to keep their game relatively sharp where the test really comes in mentally is the fact that they aren't playing competitive that they're not out there grinding it against uh, you know their fellow competitors so they've got to they've got to kind of invent sort of their own internal competition, say, okay, I'm not playing against, you know, so-and-so and 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 so-and-so, but what can I do in my practice sessions? Uh, Again, as, as Fatima talked about, you know, keeping, you know, uh, focused, what can I do when I get out there on, on, uh, you know, on the golf course, what can I do to make it seem more competitive, you know, put some pressure, imagine this is the putt that I'm, you know, that's going to keep me in the tournament uh, or this is the putt that's, that's, you know, going to keep me put me into a playoff or what have you. So there's a lot of things that they can do uh, to help keep themselves sharp. And that's not easy. Uh, And that's, you know, she talked about how she really enjoyed being out there and in the elements and enjoy that. So golf is a, a sport. You don't rely on anybody else. You have to have your own discipline and you know that yourself, Cindy, playing out on tour, both on the L P J and on the Legends tour, that you have to be very self-disciplined or you just don't, you don't survive, right? That's for sure. <laughs>
2: again, <laughs> guess, who's holding, guess who's holding the club, right? Um, right. I, I, again, it's all about you, and you have to be willing mm-hmm. to look in the mirror and work on what you need to work on. And you also have to sit back and evaluate. It's funny, we've got a bunch of our uh, students, the kids, playing in the note of a gay qualifier at Turning Stone yesterday and today. And the only two people make it. And some of these kids have not really played in a bigger junior event. They've played locally and regionally. And there's kids that are coming in from all over to try to qualify for this national event. And it's kind of like, oh, we're at the next level. Oh, oh, well holy cow, this kid just shot two under par, and I shot 83. So, you know, you might be a big fish in a small pond in, in western New York, but, you know, mm-hmm. you're a minnow in the ocean. So, again, it's it's the awareness of do I want to get to the next level and what do I need to do that? And it's all about, you know, let your clubs do the talking. What are you shooting? And then if you're shooting too terribly, you know, one of them I texted, I said, all right, how many fairways and greens did you hit? Well, they didn't really know exactly how many greens they hit, so they weren't paying attention, right? And it's like, oh, it's all about numbers. I mean, I understand you're scared to death because the father texted me and said, oh, my God, he was scared to death. And I go, I get that. I would be scared to death, too. But, again, it's it's good experience to go out there and say, okay, I I think I want to do this. And then how can you get better? But you always have to look in the mirror. Mm Mm-hmm right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, you're dealing with a, a a lot of, as you mentioned to Fatima earlier, you know, you've got a lot of young girls that you're working with that are in a similar boat to her. They're, you know, they're maybe in high school or they're entering high school or getting ready to go to college. um, And they're unsure really what to do. And uh, so you know, to hear from somebody like her, hey, this is, um, you know, this is what I've done. It's helped me. It's been successful. You know, it's helped me to be successful out here on tour gives them some hope and gives them uh, some sense of direction, say, okay, now that doesn't mean they're going to do exactly the same as her, but it gives them an idea of, okay, that's something I didn't think of, or maybe I need to to do that as well and helps them sharpen a little bit. All right, I see that uh, Danielle is is ready, so let me just very quickly uh, let everybody know uh, a little bit about our very special guest coming up the second half. Uh, Danielle is an LPGA uh, touring professional and Legends Tour player. At uh, just 5'5", she started uh, very early playing this game, Uh, Credits her mother, father, and Bill Cornelius as the individuals who most influenced her career. Uh, She married her husband, Rod Rod Kessling, back in January of 1996, and uh, subsequently gave birth to her daughter, Laura Ann Kessling, in 2000, and son, Denver Christian Kessling, in 2004. And uh, she was inducted into the Arizona State Hall of Fame back in 1997. Uh Cindy let's welcome our very special guest uh Danielle Abacapani.
3: Good morning. Hey, good morning guys. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Well, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. I'm so uh I'm glad you kind of reminded me about this call. I was uh back east uh with my daughter and I'm on a different time zone and I was like I knew there's something I got to be doing <laughs> and I was like Yep, I need to be calling into the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: well, we're glad you're here. Well, thanks. How have you been? I Good. I miss seeing you. I know I miss seeing everybody. It's uh, just a shame that we were not able to get together this year at all. I really thought maybe there was going to be one event that we could, uh, we could pull off this year, but it just didn't work out. <laughs> No, it didn't. So, what's going on? Is your daughter still acting? No, actually she's living back east. Um I'm actually in Maryland and um uh her she's getting married and so we're we're doing a little bit of that, but pretty much everything's set to go for next year and um she she and her fiancé are moving into a new place, so I um came out here to help them because it was quite a lot. So, um I really didn't have much going on, so I thought, well, I'll just I'll help him out for a little bit. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's what good. I'm doing. Yeah. Good for you. Ted, go ahead.
1: Um, so, Danielle, welcome uh, to the show, first off. And uh, Danielle actually joined me Thursday, past Thursday, on Golf Talk Live. Uh, we talked for, for a little while. And and um, we'll, we'll touch on a few things that we talked about there just to, uh, just because it's a different audience. So, tell us a little bit about your playing career as a player on the LPGA Tour. Um, what were, um, what were some of the highlights and some of the, the fondest memories you had when you were out on tour?
0: Well,
3: um, got highlights and memory. I mean, I have a lot of great memories about being out there. I was out there for 20 years and I just, uh, I enjoyed the travel, all the different places I got to visit. Um, the people I met, I have friends that I met. She's, you know, one of my first couple of years on tour. I'm still friends with them now. Uh, several people like that, um, you know, winning my first golf tournament at my home course where I grew up playing high school golf at Moon Valley. And then I came back the next year and I defended and won there again. So probably the highlight of my career.
1: Very good. Um, now, One of the things we were talking about our our earlier guest, she's uh, just won her first event on the Symmetra Tour uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, she's a young girl from Spain and she's over here, lives uh, part-time over here in the United States, of course, while she travels around on tour. And you mentioned about traveling. Um, Some obviously find it very difficult because, you know, you're you're playing tournaments all over the place and you're hopping here and there. Um, Was there times where you felt kind of fatigued and if so um, what did you do to kind of pick yourself up and, and say okay I got to get out there and you know this is the fourth tournament in a row and I've I just got to you know, get my energy back up. What did you do? Was there anything you said to yourself or was there anything you did that, uh, that helped you manage some of those, those stretches where you had a lot of events going on? Well
3: I mean that's a good question. I think everybody had to try and figure out what was their limit of the amount of tournaments that they could play in a row before things started to kind of go south. Um, I think more mentally than physically it was for me. So it was, it was that four in a row. Like after that, Mm -hmm. it was time for me to either take a break. Um, I remember my first year on tour as a rookie and you just don't know anything. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anybody. I think I ended up playing like nine straight in a row or something like that. And I just was like beside myself. And um, I actually had my mother come out and travel a little bit with me because I didn't. uh, I just felt like I was just out there by myself and I wasn't having any Mm. fun. Um, And then I tried to figure out, hey, I got to get a better schedule. This is not working out. I can't just stay out here the whole entire time. So I started to get into a little bit of a rhythm after that and uh, you just start to figure out, well, what's my limit? You know, where can I – what's my threshold? I can only pick – depends on how you're playing, too. I guess if you're playing really good and you're up on the leaderboard all the time, you know, mentally it kind of wears on you. Um, so you may not be able to go as many tournaments. And um, for me, it was that four or five in a row. And then after that, I had to take a week off, and then I could go again. And then I like to take two weeks off. Um, so I kind of had a nice little uh, cycle of rhythm there. And I tried to – tried try to uh, get the schedule around the majors where I was um, rested and ready to go for those
1: what did you do in the downtimes um, you know whether it be a week or two weeks um, in between tournaments when you when you got to that that four or five tournament limit said okay I've got to take some uh, some downtime did you just you know, sweep the clubs aside to you know the garage or what have you, uh, or did you maybe just practice a little bit but not really spend a lot of time on the golf course did you did you literally take time off
3: I did I did actually um, i the the week that i would the the time that I would take one week off it was put the clubs away. I don't even think I ever unpacked them. they would just stay packed and that week would go by so fast that I'd be, you know, back out on tour before you knew it. The week where – the time where I took two weeks off, um, that first week I would not touch any clubs, and then the second week I would start getting uh, a little uh, practice in and then take off again.
1: Yeah, I think that was smart. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
3: Did you – let me
2: ask you this. When you took the first week off, what did you do um, – did you like go do things that had nothing to do with golf just
3: to get away from it and be kind of normal? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was nowhere near <laughs> golf clubs. I I never even thought about it. I wouldn't even, I don't even think I'd watch it on TV. It was just the total removal. Come home. Um, you know, we have a, re- we had a restaurant back then. I used to hang out at the restaurant a lot with my dad, um, help him if he needed help. Um, take my mom, we go shopping um, hang out with my friends, you know, just whatever. It was not, yeah, it was, there was no golf. I mean, that's the whole point of getting home and getting, and taking off. It's to take off. It's to not do anything. I mean, I had plenty of time to practice and play out on tour, and that's where I did most of my practicing. Um, I really didn't practice much at home, and um, the only time I did that was in the wintertime before I had to kind of get ready to get going again, but You have so much time out on tour to practice and play. There was no reason to do it at home. Got it. Got it. Got it. Let me ask you something. What was the hardest
2: part of being on tour? I mean, because everybody thinks, oh, this is so great. And it's really (laughs) pretty lonely. And, And when you're new and you don't know where to go and, You know, it's your first year and you don't know the golf course and you have to play a practice round or two. And, you know, again, I don't want to paint a dismal picture, but I just don't want people think it's just, oh, this is so nice. What was the
3: hardest part for you? Uh, Well, in the beginning, it was certainly the travel and not knowing where I was going. Um, And certainly not having any friends or anybody to stay with and hang out with and, you know, have dinner with and stuff. I didn't know any of the girls and making friends was tough. Um, and I, like I said, I, I did that one stretch there, um, when I was a rookie and just, uh, just really was not having a good time. Um, it wasn't until probably a couple of years later that I kind of, you know, started to, um, uh, feel a little more comfortable about being out there and stuff. I mean, everything about the tour is hard. It's the travel. It's, not knowing where to eat. It's staying in different hotel rooms and then having to do laundry at laundromats. It's got to be the worst thing. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. And then finishing a round up on Sunday and having to travel either that night without getting a shower or anything and taking off to the airport or whatever. And then there's, um, you know, it's just the, the grind of it, you know, every day, you know, you've got to take some time off. I, I literally, I know the girls are not doing it now, but I literally would take Monday and half of Tuesday, sometimes all of Tuesday off, but I would take pretty much all day Monday off. That was either a travel day, laundry day, rest day, go sightsee day, whatever it was. It was Monday was my day. And, um, and I did that for quite a long time. I don't know that there was ever, you know, sometimes I would do some Monday pro-ams, but, um, that was my day. Nowadays I know that those girls are practicing and playing on Monday. They they're gonna wear themselves out. They really are. I uh I don't know how that that's pretty fast paced what they're doing now. I yeah. I couldn't do that. I agree. So
0: mm, I yeah. Agree.
3: I just uh Tuesdays were kinda like the you know, maybe I played nine holes and if I knew the golf course and I had been there for years and years. Maybe I wouldn't even play Monday or Tuesday. I'd just take my pro am day on Wednesday and use that as my practice round, and then go play. Um, you, you know what, I could You know practice. what's funny? <laughs> my husband would do the same
2: thing. So again, me being the competitive control freak warrior, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I gotta go play. I gotta go play, and and I would wear myself out. And um, needless to say, I lost my card because of it. And then I get married yeah. to a PGA tour player who was out there for 15 years. Is like, now nah, we don't need to play today. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? You got to go play. got And and now he's like, I, he could care less about playing. But again, he, you just realize what you need to do for you.
3: So I
2: admire yeah. you both for that because I was like, yeah.
3: oh, I got to play. I got to play. Yeah. Well, you play <laughs> yourself right into playing bad, or you just you know, like I said, it's just too fast of a pace, and then you just get you wear out. You get tired. You get You know, out there when you're playing every single day, it doesn't take much for you to start to do something in your golf swing that you don't even know you're doing. And before you know it, in the middle of the round, Mm -hmm. and then now you're starting to hit it bad, and you don't even realize you've done that. Um, Because if you're not fresh, you know, towards the middle of the end of the round, you start making mental errors, and those mental errors then turn into bad swings, and those bad swings turn into bad rounds. And before you know it, you know, And that just comes from maybe, hey, maybe I shouldn't have played yesterday. (laughs) Maybe I should have taken the day off, or maybe I should have only played nine holes instead of 18. or So whatever it is, I mean, those are all contributing factors. And I just tried to make sure, I just always tried to make sure that I was ready to go when the tournament was, uh, when we were ready to play on Thursday. Good girl. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that um, you know, I think that when it comes to everybody's style, if you will, of play, and I don't mean their actual physical style, but and how they handle themselves, you know, Fatima, who was our guest before you, uh, Danielle, um, said something very similar to what you did. Is you know, when she hit about that four tournament mark, because um, the Cementa Tour, of course, is what she's playing right now. Last year, they had I think seven events in a row, and she said by the time she got to the seventh event, I mean, she was just wiped. And so much like you, she realized that when she started hitting about that four mark or maybe even five, that was enough for her. She needed to take a break, whether it be a week or what have you, and then she'd come back out. And, you know, kind of to what Cindy said, a lot of, uh, a lot of these, you know, young kids that come out on tour, especially their first season, they don't know what to expect. Um, especially something on the like on the Symmetra Tour where they're not making a lot of money yet. It's not like the LPGA where the purses are as big. And so they think, I've got to play every tournament because I want to get my card and I want to get this. And lo and behold, by the time they get into about 12 tournaments, they've lost steam. Um, yeah. When Right? and So when you were out on well, tour... Yeah, it's more and, about
3: quality than, sorry, than quantity, right? I mean, right. if you go... Right. If you're out there on this, even on the Symmetra Tour, right? So if you're just playing and and you're just playing mediocre, it's going to take you quite a few tournaments playing mediocre just to make enough money just to get a car, get your card. But why not be fresh mm-hmm. playing a few really good events and you don't have to worry about it as much, right? You can take some time off and you can do that. But just wearing yourself out playing mediocre golf out there is just not the way to go.
1: Yeah, and there are like you pointed out, I mean, they don't have the most of them anyways, don't have the uh, resources to be flying here and there. So they're driving 10, you know, 11, 12 hours between events uh, and then showing up and playing practice rounds and, and everything else. And by the time the tournament rolls around, you know, half their week is already gone. They're exhausted. They get out there and now they've got to, you know, gin themselves up to to be competitive. Um, You know, so it's not always, yeah, it's, it's not always uh, easy for them. Um, well, and, you know it's you funny know, when I was, you were... when
3: I was out on tour I'm sorry when I was no, out on tour and I don't know if Cindy did this or not but I when we when I was getting ready to qualify for the tour we didn't really have a you know the Symmetric tour we didn't have a a, a brush like that to play before you know where you could actually earn your card and then be out there it was just tour school so to be honest with you like even now if I looked at myself as somebody who wants to get out on the LPGA tour and I had a choice of tour school and the Symmetra tour, or maybe even both. I might play a few Symmetra tours just to kind of keep myself, you know, in competition and doing all of that. But to wear myself out to try and get my card that way, I would just go to, straight to tour school. That's the way I would approach it. I think you have a better chance um, as a good player to go through tour school and get your card than to try and do it and like you said, drive ten, twelve hours to events, tired, playing week after week, making very little money. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I, I would look at that and say, nope, I'm not doing that. I am going to play here and here and here. I'm going to play, pick a few. I'm going to keep myself competitive until tour school comes around, and then I'm just going to go. And that's the way I would. That's the way I would do it. I'm sure a lot of girls yeah, probably and, and look I agree. at me and go, yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I think for, like you said, I think for the stronger players, I think that is a smarter, um, and that have maybe had some, uh, you know, tour, not tour, but uh, tournament experience that they know what to expect and can go out there and and really grind it out during tour school. I agree with that. For some of the other players that maybe don't have a lot of tournament experience, I agree with you. I think that getting out there and playing a few Symmetra events just to to kind of get the feel and, and the atmosphere of what goes on, but not... Put so many of them together that they've, you know they burn themselves out, as you suggest, um, yeah. you know I, I think is a better route, a route to go on and and you know now too um, and, and i 'm not saying on a symmetric, but on the lpj and, and even on the p j tour of course, you know they 've got all of these different um, you know almost like an entourage surrounding them now they 've got swing coaches they 've got uh, mental gurus, they 've got fitness gurus they 've got everybody you can think of surrounding these players, helping them. I would imagine that, you know, obviously a little earlier in the tour, you didn't have a lot of that. So you relied solely on your own efforts and your own abilities, correct?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, there was no, none of that. Um, gosh, I think Cindy and I would laugh at some of the things that they're, I think they're doing now, is. I think it's too much. Um, but, you know, I think Annika <laughs> brought... I, you know, I got like I, I have my, I would, I, have my out, <laughs> I would go out drinking
2: with the caddies after I was at the
3: yeah. Well, we did. Let we had world. parties. And, yeah. yeah, we would yeah. drink and have parties, and we would, you know, at the end of the day, it's like okay, I'll meet you down at the pub down at the end of the street or whatever. But it, it's uh, when Annika came out on the scene, it was it. She ch- kind of changed the way people viewed what they were doing how they were doing it and and stuff like that. And she brought a different level of um, mentality and competition to the tour. And in order to compete with her, or at least stay close, you know, these girls, they felt like, well, maybe I should not be doing this and I should be doing more of this. And so the tour kind of veered towards that. And I think at that point, I don't know, maybe Cindy can agree or disagree. Would you say that that was kind of like where I, 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 that's where I saw the shift. yeah and and, and the
2: CPI, my CPI, you know the titleist performance institute of oh we
3: should work out really (laughs) yeah 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 well absolutely (laughs) yeah they brought all of that and that's when everybody was like well maybe i should get in that traveling gym that goes around with us (laughs) we would um you know little by little i think and then before you know it now it's you know bob rotella and then everybody else now that's um helping with the mental side of the game and uh You know, Bob even helped me a little bit. I had some issues uh, in the middle of my career there where, you know, you have ebbs and flows and you have uh, downtimes in your career. And um, he helped me a lot during the first one that I had. During the second one, it was a little tougher because I was towards the end of my career. But, um, you know, he helped me a lot, get me back on track. And so, um, you know, I I see the benefit of that kind of stuff. Having one travel around with me, I don't think I would want that. Um, But, you know, it's just whatever's right for the, uh, for, for you and, you know, and how you can play your best golf.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a different, definitely a different uh, environment now uh, from what it was, you know, Mm. uh, even 10 years ago on tour, lots changed. Obviously, you know, on the men's side, when Tiger came out, he uh, stepped everybody's game up considerably with, with his fitness routine. And when he was, you know, a young scrawny kid when he first came out in 97, And then a few years later, you know, he was, you know, he thought he was competing for Mr. Universe, but um, it it worked for him and and it elevated a lot of the younger players coming up. And even some of the older players uh, had to, you know, really step up their game and and get out there and and get fit. So in some ways I think it's been a good thing, but in other ways, I think it sometimes I agree with you, uh, Danielle, it can be a little bit too much. Um, We've only literally got just a a very brief bit of time left, but I want to give you an opportunity because I know cooking is something that you love to do. Uh, and that's something that uh, you inherited from your father. So maybe share a quick story with us.
3: Yeah, just growing up in the restaurant business, my dad's a chef. And um, I learned a lot from him, and I love to cook, um, <clears throat> you know, as a result of that. And, you know, he keeps uh, continues to teach me. Um, him and I are redoing um, <clears throat> an Italian cookbook that my grandfather started or didn't start but had. And we're redoing it. Um, my father and I are going to throw some fun uh, you know, golf pictures in there and some stories and um I just uh I just I like it. I like um I just recently lost a lot of weight, me and my husband. Uh we started this year. We didn't want to go keep going down the path that we were going down. So um he lost about twenty and I've lost about sixteen pounds. So we're you know, we're working out, we feel good, um and I wanna continue the um, you know, eating healthy and, um, and cooking all my foods and stuff like that. So it's, it's just been, it's been a part of my life for a really long time. So it's not something new. I just have to learn how to cook. I can't cook those heavy foods that we used to eat when I was younger, you know, the, the Alfredo (laughs) sauces and things like that, you know, with the creams and things like that, I have to kind of come up with either eat it and not very often, or I just come up with different ways to make it. But, um, personally I would just rather leave the recipe the way it is because it's, fabulous and just eat it every once in a while but it is um yeah it's just something that's been a part of my life and i just love it and i want to continue with it
1: yeah and that's that's all the good stuff danielle unfortunately (laughs) i agree (laughs) with you that's the good stuff so at least leave a few of them leave a few of them as is don't change them all change a few of them we got to be health conscious i agree but uh leave a few of them well Well, danielle uh
3: yeah I'm actually not going to change the yeah. recipes. I'm not going to just put. I'm not going to put all those recipes in there, but I will put. I put. I will put a, a bunch of them in there, and I won't change them.
1: Perfect. Well, Danielle, we want to thank you. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. We want to thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. We really appreciate it, and uh, much continued success. And hopefully, next season uh, the uh, Legends Tour will be up and running again, and and uh, you'll be back out there competing. But thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we really appreciate yep. it.
3: Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for having Danielle. me. I'm sorry I was late. Yeah, thanks, Cindy. You guys take care, and we'll be talking to you soon. You too. Bye bye.
1: All right. Thanks, Danielle. Right, bye bye. All right. That was our very special guest, Danielle Macapani, uh joining us uh, here on the Women of Golf show. And we ran a few seconds over, so we're going we're gonna to split. On behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted O'Donnell. Thank you very much to everybody for joining us here on the Women of Golf. And we'll see you next week with a great show. And Cindy, you're off next week, right?
2: I'm off. I'm playing 100 holes okay. for children's All hospital. Right. So,
1: oh, perfect. All right, so well, you'll see me next week then. God bless everybody. Have a great week, and thanks again for joining us on the Women of Golf. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash Golf or on any of these social media platforms iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network